That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. The Jazz fall to the Rockets tonight, 126 117. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Ben, let's take a look at these sharp stats of the game tonight. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz from the field were not terrible. 50.6%, 43 of 85. However, from three, 12 of 42, 28.6%. Donovan Mitchell, however, had a really nice night. An efficient 14 of 25 from the field. 36 points, four assists, three rebounds. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich came on late in the fourth quarter, Ben. He had 30 total points, 10 of 18, 7 of 13 from three. How did he have 30? Well, most of that damage was done the game was out of hand. when the game was, yeah. was far over. And, and really, uh, I don't know if it were and maybe you have an opinion on this, Ben. Of course you do, I'm sure. Did the Jazz get in their own way tonight, or was it some magic formula that the Rockets have to, to go up against Quinn Snyder? Not to be boring, but probably both. I mean, Mike D'Antoni clearly knows some system that the Jazz have a hard time, and it revolves totally around taking Rudy Gobert out of the game. Right. I mean, that that's where it starts. And, and it's not hard to take Rudy Gobert out of the game. You go five out. The problem is most teams can't go five out and then also switch everything defensively. A lot of teams, the, the Mavericks did it. They were putting five players out, and you saw it in the first quarter where they would just have uh, Chris Apps Porzingis pop out to the three-point line every time. And it was effective in the first quarter, and the Jazz said, well, you don't have five shooters on the floor. You've got five guys who will stay on the perimeter, but Dorian Finney-Smith isn't going to kill us from three, so we'll still drop Rudy, and then what are you going to do? And the Jazz won the game from there. It wasn't that hard of a switch. You just can't make that switch against the Rockets. That's really tough. And like David said, maybe if they had Clint Capella and he's not going to stand at the three-point line, maybe the Jazz still have success and, and, and win this game because you can drop Rudy back. But when Rudy's not back there, nobody's afraid of attacking Boyan Bogdanovich off the dribble or Joe Ingles or George Niang. You know, that you're, you're not afraid of attacking those guys and turning the corner against them because you can. What makes Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz defense so good is that Gobert can make up for that and drops back and is that ultimate wall behind them that prevents you from getting an easy look, especially when there's a player behind you that's going to disrupt you from throwing a pass and Rudy Gobert is going to disrupt you from getting a, a, a layup. And then you, you got to tip your hat to the Rockets. They even finished over Rudy a bunch tonight. They went right into his chest. They went up his chest. They got to the foul line a ton. The Rockets were just, they played harder tonight. They looked sharper. They looked more prepared. I've seen some stuff online that, oh, the Rockets are exposing the Jazz, and I, I certainly don't think that is the case. However, I think some guys, like you mentioned, uh, Ben, and I think you make a terrific point, you know, guys like Joe Ingles can be vulnerable uh, on the perimeter defensively, and guys like George Niang, and if they get isolated, it, it can be it can be difficult because Rudy back there erases a lot of mistakes, and it allows you to, get ri- uh, to, to kind of disguise some things. And I'm not saying that those guys are necessarily bad defenders, but, I mean, Eric Gordon tonight beat whoever stood in front of him, and if Rudy Rudy Gobert is not back there, or if they attack Rudy like you're talking about, it's going to be a long night for the Utah Jazz. They're, just, I mean, Rudy's just so important to what they do. Yeah, and 
I, I was surprised we didn't see a mid-range game from Boyan Bogdanovich. We mm. talked about that at halftime. Yeah, Are you to get him looks with his back to the basket where, uh, you know, P.J. Tucker can't guard everybody. He can't guard Rudy and Boyan. So you, you put him down there against Daniel House or whoever and, and let him go to work and try and slow the game that, down that way because ideally off of made shots, you can get back and set your defense. But even then, when the Jazz set their defense, Eric Gordon was able to do whatever yeah. he wants. So it was just a bad night. Jazz have not... There's also a level here, Jake, that the Jazz have played so well for the last 21 games that the first time they have a bad game, it feels like the sky is falling. Oh, right. It's like, no, they've just been playing so well, and they had a hiccup on a night, which is, we have to acknowledge, it's a weird day in the NBA. And I'm not blaming the death of Kobe Bryant on on why the Jazz lost this game, but... I was at shoot around today and it was it felt weird and I was there pregame and Quinn Snyder's pregame conversation with the media was 59 seconds long because the media didn't even have it tonight to ask questions what do you get ask him you know it's it's a hard day for everybody and I just can't not say that there was something weird in the air tonight and it was weird for everybody and then the Rockets played a weird lineup it was just a weird game overall yeah. I mean, even right down to Coach Snyder had the kind of black suit on with a black tie. It looked it, just, it looked solemn. It was just a solemn yeah. night. It was a weird night. That all mattered. And then the Rockets came out and played really hard, and the Jazz didn't. Yep, they sure did. You're right. All right, let's throw things down to the podium where uh, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. Kind of stagnating. Do you think maybe the mindset wasn't right and there were some soft turnovers and that kind of got out of control? I think the first quarter um – you know, we didn't we didn't uh, execute the way that we needed to. Um, thought they were physical. Um, we didn't play through some things. Um, you know, as the game progressed, I, I think we scored enough points to win, um, in spite of a you know twenty point first quarter. Um, it, it, and when they do switch, you know, it, it's a different type of game. But um, we fouled. Um, you know, team shoots. Some of them were late, but they had, I think they had 40 free throws before we um, started fouling. And you're taking the ball out of the net. That makes it harder. We just we didn't defend. Um, and your defense can help get your offense going. Then we were just – we weren't as connected as we've been. Um, in you know, as far as you know, everything, containing the ball individually, you know, going under. We just had a lot of, a lot of mistakes that were – were in many cases mental. We just we weren't um, as focused and dialed in um, on all the details in the game. And you know when you've got guys that you know Eric Gordon's a, you know one of the best scorers in the league. And you have a game tonight where um, he knows that they need his points. He's even more aggressive. You know we cut it to six at one point and he came down and you know he's open and he makes it. And so. Um, that that was one play. There were plenty of them um, where we we had just a lot of errors. We we didn't handle the ball well at certain times, and we didn't make shots. I mean, I don't know that there's a whole lot that um, that we did well tonight. Quinn, for the majority of the game, they only played a lineup that had a. I think their tallest player was six six. Mm-hmm. Yet you guys only get two offensive boards. Is there anything you can ask for more from your guys in order to kind of get those those rebounds and those second chance opportunities? Well, it um, you know we were we were actually pretty good at the rim. I think we were I don't know 14 of 17 in the first half. So when we drove the ball, we were able to finish. So there weren't necessarily offensive rebounds in those situations. But um, I thought there were opportunities for us to you know throw the ball up. 
Um, but there were there were opportunities for us. We got you know we got good looks too. We just we weren't as connected as we needed to be offensively. Whether it be um, you know I, I thought as much as anything the ball stuck. And you know when a team is that small and they're quick, um, and they're able to defend you in one-on-one situations when the ball stops, um, it becomes more difficult, and you're not able to break them down. And a lot of those other opportunities don't present themselves. Why do you think that there was that lack of intensity tonight? What do you attribute that to? Um, you know, I, I, sometimes you can. You know, I, I thought they created some adversity for us in the game and I don't think we responded um, to that you know by collectively raising our level um, it's the best way that I can say it I don't think it was any one thing um, there are a lot of different things and you know we've been in positions where um, you know those things have brought us together and made us better and we fought that a little bit tonight that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder saying a bunch of interesting things. Ben uh, wasn't happy with the defense, certainly thought they fouled too much, and he mentioned the ball sticking, and I thought that was a theme throughout the night. And they got lulled into it. I mean, Jazz got suckered into that. It was smart by the Rockets. And, Jake, I think what you said before the game was right on, which is you're going to maybe see this old-school Mike D'Antoni offense, which is go down and find the first good shot and take it, and don't be afraid to take it. And a lot of those were isolation because they were beating whoever they wanted to off the dribble or pulling up from three. And in return, the Jazz said, well, if we're playing one-on-one, I'll, you get me, I'll get you back. And the Jazz weren't playing that well in isolation, especially when you're playing against smaller defenders. And then the number of times we saw Mike Conley or Boyan Bogdanovich, and Donovan did it at one point, Mike Conley did it, just in isolation, give the ball away. I mean, not even like a great strip from anybody, just dribbling high, losing the dribble, jumping and passing to nobody. Donovan Mitchell did it in a three-on-two fast break at a yep. key point in the game. And then Quinn Snyder again said there, we were just unfocused all night. And what it screamed to me, he said we were making mistakes of going under on screens, not sticking with guys, almost like they didn't know the scouting report at times tonight. And again, that lack of focus screams to me a weird, if not bad, shoot around today. You know, it it, it just not... 100% 100% focused throughout today on what this game is going to be and what it means and who you're playing and you just can't do that in the NBA. You just can't not focus in the NBA and expect to win and, and the Rockets were focused and the Rockets have dealt with adversity over the last two days, you know, and, and have, have gone through this and, and the Jazz haven't and, and I, I just, I, I would imagine that's part of it. All right, let's check out your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Jazz outscored the Rockets in the paint tonight, 56-40. to 40. We heard Quinn allude to it, you know, giving up 40 points in the paint against the Rockets team, missing Clint Capella and, and frankly, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Probably not what you're looking for from that number. No, it no, it's it's too much. It's just not a great night from the Jazz. Down to Tony, we go in the locker room with Mike Conley. Start tonight. Um, yeah, man. Hats off to them. They they came in here and they you know they were the one through the first punch and um, we were playing catch up and you know I think we got out of our game a little bit because of the physicality and the switching and different things like that really kind of got us out of rhythm, um, which is not the, not our game. So. You know, we tried to find a way to, to find something in the second half, but it was just uh, it was a tough night. What led to so many fouls? <clears throat> um, you know, where they play and with space and, and causing you know switches and things like that. Um, you're going to have mismatches. You're going to have people driving the paint, and 
um, guys kind of out of position at some point, and uh, we just had too many, too many times we you know failed one on one um, with our def defensive effort and caused guys to have to help, and um, and, I, and a lot of it I think it was turnovers too. You know, we would turn the ball over and they were getting out, you know, transition, and we were having to foul or meet them at the rim or do something like that. So it was a lot of different things. You're usually a low turnover guy, so kind of what happened tonight? Can't call it, man. It was, uh, it, I mean, they were they weren't forced, you know, like just you know trying to do, you know, you see something, you try to go too quickly or uh, slip or I mean, just like random things were happening, but. Um, that's not like me. It's not like Don. It's not like a lot of guys to just have so many unforced uh, turnovers. So um, that definitely was a, a, a big factor in the game. You, they had that really small lineup for most of the game, and it didn't really seem like you guys took great advantage of that. How, how would you have wanted to play, I guess, and maybe take more advantage of that? You know, find a way to get the ball moving, um, but still break the paint. You know, we want to get in the paint and make plays, but... We just don't want to do it in, in, in an ISO fashion and, you know, you have guys stagnant. Um, you know, we get to that situation again, we just got to find a way to get more movement. And uh, however that may be, obviously we'll watch the film and, and we'll learn from it. Um, what, was the, what was Gordon doing that gave you guys so much trouble? Uh, I think, you know, he was doing what they were all doing. They were attacking early in transition or early in, even when they made shot, uh, we made shots, they would attack um, just with the space. You know, just kind of go one on one and, and try to get to the rim and, and see what they could create. And uh, you know, he had it going. He got going early, and um, it's tough to you know kind of shut the water off on a guy like that who who can't get hot. Because that's Mike Conley. Let's go back to him. Thank you very much, there, Tony. Mike, uh, echoing a lot of stuff. Ben Anderson, uh, you have been talking about tonight, and we'll get to a little bit of that coming up around the corner as the Jazz fall tonight to the Rockets, one twenty-six to one seventeen. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. Jazz lose tonight, 126-117 to to the Rockets. Back down to the locker room we go. Tony Parks with Donovan Mitchell. Throughout the course yeah. of the um, You know, at the end of the day, you know, um, we just got to keep the ball in front of us. You know, we had spurts, but, you know, Eric Gordon kind of got his way. Felt comfortable. They felt comfortable to start the game. You know, and I think, you know, you look at the way their bench was reacting, they just felt comfortable. You know, they feel that they could come here and do what they wanted, and they did. You know, and um, we weren't expecting to play perfect, you know, the rest of the year. You know, you, we have games like this. There's going to be games like this, but the biggest thing is how we respond, and we play a great a good team in San Antonio, and um, after we play Denver. But I think um, we'll look at the film, but I think we should just – but look at this one and say, all right, but like, you know, understand what we had, to, what we did wrong and be ready for this upcoming stretch. Did their switching kind of change things, slow the offense down? Yeah, I think so. You know, obviously we've seen it. I've seen it for the past two years, um, obviously. But when you have Mike and Boyan, um, obviously haven't seen it as much. Joy JC hasn't seen it as much. You know, um, Tony getting a little bit in. We just got to get a little bit of a rhythm. You know, it's 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 a different way to attack. You know, it's different than having the big back or the big up or they're blitzing. You know, they credit to them. They do a good job of it. But um, a lot of it really wasn't even offense. You know, I think a lot of it we just couldn't get stops. You know, even, you know, it was tough. We turned the ball over or, you know, 
you know, we miss a wide open three on the fast break and they come down and get an and one. Like, it was just nights like that. You know, we're out here looking for calls that we really aren't going to get, myself included. Um, you just got to be able to push through. And like I said, we've played against this. I played against it the past two years. You know what to expect, but sometimes, you know, you haven't seen it in a while. You just got to be ready. But we'll, we'll move on from this one and be ready for uh, the road trip. They took 49 free throws. That's a season high for any team in any they game how many? this season. 49. Yeah. What do you attribute that to? Um, we fouled. Um, I, I, wow. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, we were trying to keep guys in front of us, and we, we, we committed silly fouls, you know, little things. And, you know, after a while, it's going to accumulate. To, and, and I think Eric, Eric had 20, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, when you foul a guy 20 times, you know, I think he gets into a rhythm, he gets into a rhythm, and, you know, we just got to keep guys off the line, and we haven't done that in a very long time. You know, this is really uncharacteristic of us, but like I said, you, we have games like this. You know, and my, where I'm at now, and I think where we are right now, is how do we respond from this? You know, you can sit here and dwell on it, and, you know, but, you know, we've, we can reflect on the, the games we've played well, but that's how do you respond from this? We haven't had a game like this in a, in a very long time, you know, and it's a matter of how do we respond. And, um, that's what I think we're all really looking forward to. They were so happened. Why do you think you didn't have that intensity starting the game? Um, they wanted it. You know, they like I said, the bench was animated from the beginning. Um, when you have a team that's animated and you know they're playing free, obviously without James and Rust, you, you have guys that you know understand just go out there and just play. You know, and they're playing free, and I think that's that's um, that's one of the scariest teams you know when you play free when you don't when you really don't know where the points are going to come from you don't know who's gonna you know go you know obviously when when James and Russia there you kind of have an idea of where it's come you can game plan a little bit but when you know they don't it's different I'm not saying that that's different uh, that's that's the reason but you know it's they they did they did what they were supposed to do they came in here they, they were attacking aggressive early and we just didn't really uh stop them you guys did the tribute to Kobe to start the game was it was that an emotional experience <laughs> um yeah, you know, I just like I said, I, I, like I said, but this morning, you know, he meant he meant a, a grave deal to a lot of us, whether he knew it or, or not. I think um, being able to just do that and pay our respects, you know, I think it was a no-brainer for us in Houston. And you know, like I said, it was a tough, tough day. Um, it's going to be continue to be a tough, tough day, tough week. And you know, like I said, I, I pray for his family, all the families involved. And um, you know, he's he's a he's a legend, man. He's he's a legend, and we're going to miss him. But you know, those moments right there, you know, when being able to do something, you know, be able to give contribute in some type of way, I think is huge. And I think we all can do it. You know, it doesn't have to be just holding the ball for eight seconds. It can be whether it's a shoe or a shirt. You know, whatever it may be. You know, I think we all can do our part because he was a legend, not just on the court, but just as a human being. They had played that small lineup most of the night. How can you guys take bigger advantage of your size? Um, I think just getting downhill. I think that was that was the biggest thing. We were able to get downhill. Um, at the end of the day, we 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 in the first half we were down what 12, 12 13? Yeah. Um, 13. We just we were what, three of 19, three of twenty one from the three. You know, I think a lot of we got good looks. You know, we attacked when we needed to. We got good looks. We just missed them. You know, and when you miss shots long, you start to get back in transition. You know, it kind of falls all into that. But we got to, when we shots aren't falling, we got to be ready to, to step, pick our defense up a little bit. And like I said, we haven't had a game like that where we had to turn our defense up to an even higher level because our offense is struggling. So um, it's a good reminder. You know, it's a good reminder. And I think, like I said, it's a matter of how we respond. But, you know, we, I think we got into the paint. We attacked the way we were supposed to. I think just, you know, when we, when we made, made those passes, sometimes shots didn't fall. And we made little mental errors on. Defense. Thanks, Thank you. Thank Guys, that's Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to you.
Thank you very much, Tony Donovan. Mitchell was really good tonight. Uh, he might have been the only one uh, for the Jazz. 36 points on 14 of 25 shooting. One thing, though, Ben, the fouling, some of you brought up uh, earlier in the show, uh, the Rockets shot 49 free throws, and you heard Andy Larson ask Donovan about how many free throws they shot, and Donovan didn't believe it at first. I mean, it's, it's a, you know. 49's a crazy number. That is a crazy number. Quinn Snyder hit on the defense, and Donovan Mitchell did, too. The Jazz didn't guard like themselves tonight. Yeah, th- there was simply nobody there. There's simply getting beat off the dribble and Luka Doncic did it the other night too for, for a lot of the game now right. the Jazz figured out how to get Rudy Gobert back into the paint and that helped and they just didn't do that at any point tonight uh, and another interesting thing I thought that Donovan said there was that the team knows how to play against the switching defense but Mike Conley might not and Boyan Bogdanovich might not and Jordan Clarkson might not because they haven't faced it with the Jazz right? and the Jazz have figured out a different way to attack it but those three haven't and who were some of the culprits of, of really weird turnovers when it came to kind of basic decision making on how to initiate the offense it was Mike Conley and it was Boyan Bogdanovich and Donovan certainly did it a couple of times as well but they were forcing the Jazz to make decisions, specifically those two players who haven't had to do it against that defense, and it caused a lot of issues tonight. And just tip your hat to Houston. They played very well, and the Jazz did not. The ball stopped with some of those guys, too. No Something question. Some Quinn Snyder was talking about. All right, let's uh, speaking of that, let's check out your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller deal, uh, Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Excuse me. Tonight, the uh, the Jazz had 24 total assists on 43 made field goals, Ben, which in and of itself is not a bad number. Royce O'Neal had five assists tonight. Joe Ingles had six. Donovan had four. Conley had four coming off the bench. George Niang uh, had three. One interesting thing with Houston, they only had 14 assists tonight, Ben. Uh, and you've been talking about the isolation, and that's basically what <laughs> they were zero. trying to I do. I would have believed you. Right. Yeah, they didn't, there was no kickouts for wide-open shooters. They got out in transition. They outran the Jazz. They ran past him. They out-dribbled him. It was, it was an impressive isolation performance. And if you want to feel better, Jazz fans, just understand that most teams can't do this. Most teams wouldn't dare to do five players out like this. I mean, this was just bonkers what uh, Mike D'Antoni did tonight, just sitting those three players that he had. And I get that they're a little beat up, and I don't have any problem with him doing it. And he said, if we're going to be weird, let's just be weird. And they were. They said, let's go isolation. Let's go five out. Let's switch everything. It was, it was a gimmick what they did tonight, but the Jazz were susceptible to it. It was a little bit of a gimmick. And the good news is, I mean, with Clint Capella, they're not going to play entirely like this. Locke brought up that point. I mean, this was certainly a unique circumstance. And yeah. if you have, if you don't have a player above 6'6", I mean, this is the way to play. I mean, it's the way to go. Because who cares if you get Austin Rivers switched on to, to Boyan Bogdanovich. It's not going to be any worse from a size standpoint than you would get otherwise. So you might as well just roll with it. And then I think you're totally right, Ben. Uh, the Rockets really used their quickness tonight on both sides of the floor. I think that might be a problem or a, you know, part of all the fouls for the Jazz is they were beating their guy. Yeah. They were beating their guy. I mean, how many fouls did we see from Joe Ingles as this guy was going right by him? And I don't mean to pick on Joe per se. It was happening to a lot. But, uh, I mean, Joe picked up six fouls tonight. <laughs> and you had honestly 22 fewer bad shots a night and not that every Russell Westbrook shot is bad but his four threes are bad because he shoots 23% a game and he was usually he's usually taking those he's finding ways to get and you're going to live with him taking threes which allows your players to drop back a little bit so you know James Harden, you think, oh, he's this great, prolific three-point shooter. He's certainly prolific. He shoots 35%, though. I mean, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, Ben McLemore, and Chris Clemens, all guys who the Jazz saw tonight, all shoot 37% or so or better. And they got extra shots tonight because those two were out, and it, yep. it hurt the Jazz. 
Uh, the Rockets tonight from three, 15 of 40, so 37.5%. But some of the guys uh, that you're talking about here, I mean, Mecklemore was two of three. Yeah. Uh, Where did Tabo hit? Uh, Eric Gordon was uh, six of 11. Let's see, Cephalosho, he was only one of four from three, but he was four of seven from the field. Yeah, he was good. He, he, was he hurt the Jazz. He, he really had some big shots and he made that, that hurt the team. I don't want to say I'm surprised because that's not really fair, but we didn't see that type of player last year. Maybe that's not so fair because he was battling some injuries still coming and some in, o- yes, other things. Still off that knee injury. You know, it takes yep. a year. It does. But he played well tonight on both sides of the ball. He yeah, played, he and, good. and we know what a long defender like him uh, can certainly do. But uh, there's no doubt about it that the Rockets caused tons of fits uh, tonight for the Utah Jazz. We'll uh, get you more sound from the locker room coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. We'll also get to tonight's Master of the Glass. We have the three-point takeover to get to as well. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Rockets beat the Jazz 126-117 to 117 here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. Uh, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. 126 to 117 is your final. The Jazz fall to the Houston Rockets tonight. They fall to 32 and 14 on the season, uh, excuse me, 18 and 4 at home. The Rockets move to 29 and 17 on the season, 14 and 10 away from Houston. We're going to hear from Rudy Gobert coming up here momentarily, but let's get to uh, tonight's Master of the Glass, uh, the Rebounds Program. Safe Flight Autoglass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred Autoglass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight Autoglass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Tonight's Master of the Glass, as usual, Rudy Gobert with 14 boards tonight right uh, just below his season average only one offensive rebound for Rudy tonight in fact Ben offensive rebounding an issue for the Jazz and you wouldn't have thought that going up against this Houston Rocket lineup but they only got two offensive boards tonight one from Royce and one from Rudy and I mean they don't feel impactful at all I don't remember them necessarily I want to say there was a Jordan Clarkson tip in but maybe Jordan Clarkson didn't touch it it looked like that from what we're watching Donovan Mitchell must have gotten credit for that basket but if we're talking about that though we're, we're really right I mean, we're nitpicking yeah, right. in a 12 point loss one offensive rebound whether it was a tip in or not uh, th- the Rockets negate size and if you negate size you negate Rudy Gobert and that's a big deal uh, and that's what they did tonight it was just it was a it was a really good game from the Houston Rockets and and yeah, to lose offensive rebounding in a night like this when you just kind of don't have an excuse to be doing it, it, it spoke of hustle. I mean, there were a couple of big plays where it felt like P.J. Tucker came crashing down. Daniel House had a huge putback dunk late in the game where the Jazz were kind of teetering around eight points and they thought, hey, maybe you get a stop and you hit a three and it's five points with a minute to go, it's okay. And he came down and just was more focused and, and played hard and just wasn't there tonight for the Jazz. That I mean, offensive rebound from House was rough because they just got out of the way. I think it was Bogdanovich who basically, you know, boxed out some yep. air and got a dirty look from Rudy afterwards, yep. by the way. <laughs> but the that Jazz was just brutal. didn't play well tonight. Correct. And the focus was just 
nowhere to be found for whatever reason. And Quinn Snyder said it could be a lot of reasons. You know, he didn't want to say it was anything outside of the game itself, and he would know better than anybody uh, it, it, what was not, what was lacking from his team tonight. But regardless, it just was simply not there for this team tonight. And and you can't do that. Yeah. Well, and it was their, you know, keep this in mind, it really was their first bad loss in well over a month. Uh, it, you know, you look at the Miami loss back in December, that's not a bad loss. In no. fact, they played pretty well in they that really game. Really well, they yeah. lost by three. And, and barely lost. And then, uh, you know, talking about the, the New Orleans loss, and you talked about this much tonight, um, you know, Brandon Ingram went crazy. And by the way, New Orleans, even without Zion Williamson, they've got veterans. It's yeah. a pretty decent team. I mean, that was not a bad loss, I guess is my point. This was their first bad loss in well over a month, and teams got teams have them. You know, it's their first double-digit loss since. Oh man, let's see. We can pull this up. Since the Jazz lost to the Lakers on yeah December fourth. After that road trip when they came home yeah. and got got trounced by the Lakers. Yeah, that's pretty good. And that's when. <laughs> that's yeah, okay. that's really good. You know, Jazz fans, I might take that. I'm not going to lose by double digits in, in basically two months, month and a half. Uh, that's that's probably okay. You're just going to have bad nights. Donovan Mitchell even said it. He said, we know we're going to have nights like this. He said, we weren't going to play basketball, perfect basketball for the rest of the season. The important part is how they bounce back. And I mean, do we not think the Jazz are going to play well against San Antonio on Wednesday night? They're going to. Yep. All right, let's check out your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. And we've talked about this a bunch tonight, Ben. Uh, the Jazz really struggled from three, 12 of 42, just 28.6%. Uh, they were led by Bogdanovich, who was 7 of 13 from three, but a bunch of those made threes came in the fourth quarter when the game was more or less over. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was 3 of 10. George Niang was 1 of 2 coming uh, off the bench, and then everybody else really struggled. Joe Ingles, 1 of 7. Royce O'Neal, 0 for 3. Mike Conley 0 for 4, Jordan Clarkson 0 for 3. And you hit on something in the last segment, Ben, and I hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, I mean, guys like Mike Conley, guys like Jordan Clarkson, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, they haven't really, they don't have that uh, history against the Rockets that Locke alluded to when we were talking about crosstalk, how these teams have played so much. And that switching defense has certainly been a part of Houston's game plan throughout the entire time. And these guys really haven't gone up against. Houston with the Utah Jazz, and I think it's a really strong point you actually make right there. Yeah, and and how to get Rudy involved when that is happening, or how to use Rudy as a decoy when that's happening. I mean, there there are ways to attack this, and it's not like the Rockets have found some secret that nobody right. can fix. That Quinn Snyder can't watch this film and diagnose in you know twenty minutes and say, oh, here's what we did wrong, and let's have a good walkthrough. And next time we play them, we're not going to do these. We're not going to do this again. Right. Uh, and it'll be different because you're probably going to see Russ, and you're probably going to see James Harden, and you're probably going to see Clint Capella next time. And so you might lose to them again because that's a good team and, and capable of, of beating teams. But it's not like again they found some. Unfixable error, or or you know, some magic elixir that's going to beat the Jazz. It's just, it was a bad game. They yeah. they and they out schemed you tonight, and you didn't have a way to adjust. All right, Ben, let's go back down to the locker room. Tony Parks is standing by with Rudy Gobert. Tony, you talk about us guarding, yeah. guarding five out, maybe PJ. We just can't, we just can't stay in front of us of a man, you know, and uh, it's something that a little different than. Usually guard because usually I'm able to be there and have you know guys back, and but now they have you know everyone has to do it even more individually, and you know we gotta get better at it. That has almost beat us doing that, and Houston get us tonight. On the flip side, it seemed like offensively you guys had trouble with their switches. Um, what went wrong there, and what can you guys? I think they just uh, dictate. They just dictated what we're gonna do and 
we took the shots that they kind of wanted us to take. You know, we we didn't punch where it hurts, and I think you know we gotta work on it and find ways to be able to get the ball close to the basket when the tallest guy is on the court is six six. You know, and we got athletic guys and guys that can attack the rim and and guys that can finish over the rim. You know, I think it's really. Um, you know, it's on us to, you know, try to find ways to get the ball to the basket. Because when we do so, I don't think they can really do much. You know, when you play small, they, you just try to mask something. And, you know, they, they got the best of us tonight. But I think, uh, you know, we're going to find ways to, we're gonna probably going to see them again. I mean, we will see them again and they're probably going to do the same thing again. So it's going to be a good opportunity for us to to give them a different look and and be able to to punish them when they press more. Only two offensive rebounds for you guys tonight. What what was the cause of that? I mean, I think they you know they really put an emphasis on boxing us out, boxing me out, especially out. Most of the times I had one, I had two guys you know boxing me out at the same time. And uh, when we take the shots, you know, when we take the contested threes, or when we take the threes, that you know, we don't we don't get into the paint and we don't we don't make them do something. It's easier for them to you know to take away our offensive rebounds. But when we create an advantage and we attack the basket and put pressure on the rim, usually we it's hard for them to keep, especially myself and Tony and and our bigs of the of the defensive glass of the offensive glass. You guys make only three of your first 21 tries from three-point range. Do you feel like you were getting the looks you wanted, or were you settling? I feel like in the first half, the, the ball was was moving pretty well. You know, uh, I think we we had a lot we had a lot of open threes, but at the same time, I think we can, uh, like I said, we the threes are great, but we can punish this guy at the rim, and you know, I don't feel like we we did that enough. And, we took the shots that they wanted us to take. Unfortunately, we could have made them, and it would be very, very well, and they probably wouldn't have won the game. But you know, if you wanna, if a team wants to play small, we gotta punish them, and we gotta find ways to do so. And we gotta—I mean, we still scored 100 and I don't know, 16 points. Beside all that, but I really feel like uh, they just dominated us, you know, uh, mentally, physically. And uh, they were communicating better than we were. You know, they were just tougher than us tonight. You know, and they came in to kick our ass, and they did. You know, it's it's uh, it's great sometimes to get your ass kicked like we did tonight, and not get too comfortable. You know, realize that we need to keep our mindset, uh, stay hungry, like Coach said, and you know, get ready for the next one. That's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. And uh, Rudy said something right there, Ben, that that I think is is right on the money, that the Jazz took the shots that the Rockets wanted them to take all night long, and they didn't make them. And you you could tell Rudy thought that they could pressure the rim a little bit more. I think he has a good point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Jazz... The Jazz tried to match what the Rockets were doing, and, and the Jazz can't play that way, and the Jazz don't need to play that way. Right. The Jazz are a team that is good enough to impose their will on opposing teams, and they just <clears throat> didn't tonight. And... It's not a mystery. It's not like it escaped them. It's not like it lost them forever. It's, it's not like that's something that's gone, and they're gonna have to search around to to find their shadow once again. I mean, it will come back. The, the, it will it will show up right. when the Jazz play Wednesday night. But they just did not have it tonight. It was just it, it got away from them quickly. And I, I don't know if they built up a bad habit against the the 
Mavericks the other night of saying, hey, well, as long as we play one good quarter, we'll be fine because the Jazz just didn't play a good quarter tonight. There wasn't one good quarter the Jazz played tonight. And we kind of waited for it, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I, we talked about it at halftime. We thought, oh, they'll they'll turn it around and get going. And they just didn't. They cut it to six, and then they would give up a three, and then they'd give up an and one, and it was 12 points again. And then it got up to 18, and, you know, they, they would do pretty good damage, and it would get down to 12. It was, it's not enough. And, and give Houston credit for the way they, that, that they played. It, they, they played with a lot of energy. Something about the Rockets tonight, it, it seemed to me, and maybe this is me personifying my own opinion upon what uh, I saw on the floor tonight, but it was a team that was kind of enjoying playing a little bit more free and having other guys play more, touch the ball more. We joked about that at halftime, too. Eric Gordon scored 50 points tonight. Can't tell me that guy didn't enjoy having the ball in his hands and going out there and doing some things. Probably sending a little bit of a statement. Like, guys, here we we got it. We, we got other players on this team. It wouldn't matter if he played this well and James Harden and Russell Westbrook were on the floor, he just wouldn't get the opportunity to take right. that many shots, to get that many opportunities to get downhill. So, yeah, th- there's no chance he scores 50 on a game like that. So it was just weird. It was just a weird day. It was a weird night. The Jazz played not uh, – the Jazz just didn't play well, and the Rockets really played really, really hard. Yep. And I don't think the Jazz didn't play hard. That, you didn't have Quinn Snyder come out after the game and say, I didn't think we played hard. I didn't think – he just said we lacked focus tonight. We made a lot of m- mental mistakes. It wasn't like the Jazz weren't out there running, playing hard, trying to figure out. It wasn't an effort issue. And you can live with that if you're a Jazz fan. All right. Uh, we want to remind you, go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at uh, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll find out what uh, Ben Anderson is writing for KSL Sports. We'll put a final wrap on this one. We'll look forward to the game against the San Antonio Spurs Wednesday night as well. It's all straight ahead. The Jazz fall to the Rockets tonight, 126-117 to 117 here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. The Rockets beat the Jazz tonight 126-117 here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. We'll get some uh, final thoughts on this game. We'll look forward to San Antonio a little bit as well. But, Ben, of course, you write after every Jazz game and uh, put up a piece at kslsports.com. What are you working on tonight? Uh Looking at, at really what some of the big picture issues were for the Jazz, certainly, and, and, and not being able to stay in front of their man defensively. I mean, every player we heard from in the post game said, we just didn't stay in front of anybody. And that's a problem because it's happened back-to-back nights now. And if you're not staying in front of guards, every NBA team has a good guard that can you know beat you off the dribble. Now, not every NBA team can pull Rudy out of the paint, and it just so happens that the Mavericks can, and the Rockets were able to tonight with their, their five-out offense that they were running. So... It, it may feel a little bit more uh, of a pattern than it actually is. Just kind of coincidentally, you had two teams that can do it. But every team's going to have a guard that now is going to try and attack the Jazz off the paint, uh, off the dribble, and, and they've got to adjust and figure that out. And, and you've got to get guys who are moving their feet on the perimeter. And that's what it's going to come down to, Ben. You're, you're 100% right. And we heard that a lot in the in the postgame sound, right? It's, it's focus on move, moving your feet. I mean, it's not... You know, the Jazz are not going to upheave the roster. I mean, they're going to have to find a way to get better perimeter defense. And I'll, I'll give Gordon Monson, my my, my co-host, uh, some credit on this. He's been talking about this for a while. And the truth is that when Rudy is in the paint, 
He makes up for a lot of mistakes, and he's so good at switching out on the guards and those sorts of things. It's just he's got to be in there to do that damage. And and we saw him him have a nice switch on Austin Rivers and have a big-time block shot, and, and Rudy can do some really special things. He just can't do it all. Yeah, he can't do it all, and he can't do it 25 feet away from the basket, and you still need him to play defense 25 feet away from the basket when they're running this, this goofy offense. So uh, the other guys have to step up, you know, GFG. Uh, or GYG, I guess. I edited it down, but I added the wrong word. Guard your guy. It was an old Jerry Sloan thing. GYG. Thank uh, you for fixing that. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. got to guard your guy. And uh, they don't always, they didn't do it tonight. Maybe GYFG. That's what that, it was. And I that, took the Y. Okay. I, I meant to take the one of them out, and I the took the wrong, wrong one, one out. That's it's a, 10 50. It was a long game. We'll forget a lot it. of fouls yeah. tonight. Oh, a lot of fouls. 49 tonight. free throws, it, Jake, if, is a lot of free throws. If watching the Rockets weren't painful enough, just uh, the way they play, and, and frankly, with the isolation, I mean, we just saw so much of that. But to add 49 free throws in there, it, it makes for a <laughs> it makes for a thorough game. It was it's a bit long. And a lot of timeouts late. Yeah. Like two reviews, a couple of challenges mixed in there. It was just... And then the bear shot confetti onto the floor in the middle of the for game. For some reason, yeah. I, uh, unnecessary delay. It just was one of those nights, you know. It was... It's, it was just one of those nights. And, and a little pet peeve real quick. Can we can we speed up the review somehow? I know. Is that, is that possible? Uh, I, I, the open court fouls. Come on, guys. Uh, tennis, tennis has the Rolex replay that they know instantly whether that ball was in bounds or out of bounds. Yep. Are you telling me there's not somebody who can just say, yeah, it's a clear path? That's like, a great point. It's close enough. Yep. It's clear path or it's not. It's it either is or it isn't. And the ones tonight were really obvious. And, and the one they reviewed that was off Donovan Mitchell that went out of bounds, I mean, it, it was... Yeah, I, I think we can speed that up. Guys, we got it. I, I think we can figure it out. 16-point game, we got it. Yeah, I think we can figure out how to, how to speed that up. But, of course, that that is neither here nor there. Let's uh, look forward real quick here to San Antonio. They're on the road, so they'll have a day to travel. Uh, they're taking on the Spurs coming up on Wednesday night, and uh, it, it certainly will be a different type of opponent. And the Spurs not as good as we've seen some previous versions of the Spurs, but DeMar DeRozan still great. LaMarcus Aldridge still great and Greg Popovich still a heck of a coach uh, very good coach they play really hard they hang around with teams uh, basically every game I watch it's close in the fourth quarter and sometimes they just don't close because they don't have great closers uh, and that's happened a couple of times they lost to Toronto they lost to Miami that way but they don't have the ability to pull Rudy Gobert out of the paint they don't have Davis Bertans anymore which would have helped them in that sense if, if they wanted to replace a big man with him but you know Jakob Pertl is a really good big man LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge can spread the floor a little bit, but he doesn't step out to the three-point line. And if uh, DeMar DeRozan wants to come in and shoot mid-range jumpers, Rudy Gobert will eat that up. So they, this is a good matchup for the Jazz. Jazz will match up well against the San Antonio team. I know DeMar has tried to move it out a little bit in recent seasons, but boy, is he just and an old... Seems like it's pushed right back in. He's he's just an old-school player in the wrong era. He just really is. But he's averaging like 25 points. He's shooting mm-hmm. over 50% from the floor. So it's working. What he does really works. Uh, and I'm not saying that he's playing the wrong way. He's not. He's, he's doing the most effective thing he can do, but it shouldn't work as well against the Jazz. Right. Uh, and it actually should be a good matchup for the Jazz to rebound on. And considering uh, what their opponents look like going forward, San Antonio actually actually kind of a, a good rebound-type opponent, actually, yeah. considering uh, they're going to play this Rockets team again. They're going to play Dallas again. They're going to play Denver twice, Portland twice, and I realize their record isn't terrific, but chasing Damian Lillard around the court all night is not the easiest thing in the yep. world. Yeah, this is, this is a tough trip. Jazz are, this is going to be a tough uh, tough weekend here coming up, but you you got to play well, and, and they will. 
All right, Ben, hit us with a couple final thoughts before we uh, put this baby to bed. If you're feeling bad about tonight, you should have good news coming by the end of the week because I bet the Jazz have two All-Stars named coming up uh, in Denver. I bet you we hear the both. Thursday night, right? Thursday night, yes. Uh, The Jazz are going to have two guys that were actually drafted by Denver named All-Stars in Denver. How about that for irony? That's going to be Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I think uh, think you're going to get that, Jazz fans, and that should be a nice end to a very hard week for NBA fans and, you know, good for the Jazz. No doubt about it. All right. We want to say thanks to uh, Lock and Boone doing their normal fine work, calling the action, of course. Thanks to Tony Parks doing sidelines and locker rooms for us tonight. Thanks to the broadcast assistants putting in fine work behind the scenes. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Uh, also, thanks to the title sponsor of the postgame, Mark Miller Subaru. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Want to say thanks to you, Ben. Anderson, not only do you have a piece coming out at kslsports.com, but you'll also be on with DJ and PK tomorrow morning at 9. We're calling them early. Yeah, it's exciting. Make sure you get up, get that get that cup of coffee in you, and make sure you got that pep. I'm up by 8. I feel good. I get, I'll, be, I'll be moving. I'm, I'm, I'm in my groove at 9 o'clock. Yeah, you've got the 9 o'clock time slot, which is pretty the golden time slot That's when good. doing uh, the interview with DJ and PK. That, that like 7.30 can get a little can get a little rough sometimes. Not my not not my sweet spot. Like nobody, said. nobody cares about this, but I, I produced a, a morning show. Actually, I produced DJ and PK way back in the day. And you'd be surprised how difficult it is lining up uh, 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 guests that are actually awake at 7 o'clock in yeah. the morning. I mean, even East Coast. And what are you going to get a bunch of East Coast guys to yeah, right. talk Utah sports? Hey, Come on and talk Washington Wizards basketball yeah. with us, will you? But uh, Ben Anderson going on with DJ and PK tomorrow at 9.05, so make sure and catch that. Ben, seriously, thank you. Fine work as usual. It's great to see you. Uh, good to see you too. All right, uh, Jazz lose tonight, uh, 126 to 117 to the Houston Rockets. Next up, Wednesday night, they'll be in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. A game will tip off at 6.30. Pre-game begins at 5.30. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network. <laughs>